Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today we're going to be looking at the manliness of Jesus Christ. That's right. We're joined by John Heinen from the Catholic Gentleman, and we're going to look at the virtues of masculinity that Jesus so perfectly displayed. We all know as good Catholics that Jesus Christ is fully God, but he's also fully man. Let's delve into that mystery. John, welcome back. Last time we had you on an episode, we were in St. Louis at Seek. Really good to see you again. Yeah. And unfortunately, I couldn't be there, so it was really it was great watching from afar. But I'm glad that we're all together right now. So yeah. John has been on the on the Catholic Talk Show twice now, and yeah. in both of those instances, you were not there. Ah. So yeah. when we can't when we can't have Father Rich, the next best thing is John the Catholic, Heine, the Catholic gentleman. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a great topic today, you know, like because it. we're uniting That's forces right. Right. and we're talking about Jesus. It's the Catholic gentleman and, and the manliness. Catholic talk show into one. Yeah, yes. we're finally all together. Super twins, combined. <laughs> <That's right>. No. <laughs> Not doing it. Uh, he's a Catholic gentleman. He won't do That's that kind right. of stuff. Uh, you know, but looking at, you know, a, a lot of times people can overemphasize or underemphasize one of the unique natures of Christ. Christ is both fully God and fully man. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, you know, Jesus, he was just... He was a regular guy. He's a working man, and he was out there with the people. And other times, you know, well, no, he was God, and they almost get into this kind of like a, you know, Gnostic view of him where, you know, like a Manichaean view of him, right? And, and that's not true. And understanding the balance of the God-man is really important to really understanding what our duty is towards worshiping the Trinity. And it's, it is always a fides quarens intellectum. It's always a faith-seeking understanding, and it's not... Like we will ever come to a, uh, a, a, you know, a form of temporal or finite kind of a understanding where we have it completely understood. It's it's in the sense of encountering who the person of Jesus Christ is and really experiencing that mystery firsthand and how that influences you and how that transforms you. Yeah. yeah. See, comprehend us non as Deus, mm-hmm. right? If you yeah. understand, it's not God. But what we want to try to understand today, and what the reason we brought John on and his awesome ministry, the Catholic gentleman that teaches men how to really live up to their calling as a man right. in the modern world as Catholics. And job well done on, yeah. The, yeah, on the podcast yeah. and everything. And, awesome. and, and if you're not immediately familiar with his ministry, you have seen his memes. They're the black and white ones mm-hmm. that have the same quotes and these really... Uh, Excellent. Yeah, these, you know, really almost cinematography mm-hmm. type images of, you know, men in their masculinity. Yeah, from quality. Yeah. But... What kind of man was Jesus? Was he the soft, demure, porcelain statue that we see in churches from the 1800s? Was he the, you know, really ripped Korean Jesus who breaks the cross in half, you know? Yeah. Or, or is it somewhere in between? You know, what is it, John? Yeah, well, no, I think <laughs> one of the first things is it's important to understand God's um, and Christ's human nature mm-hmm. because it's very easy for us to say, oh, he wasn't tempted or, oh, he didn't experience those things. But actually, that's very contrary to the teachings of the church. And we know that Christ was fully God and fully man. I had a professor once that talked about it. It's not like there's one line and there's God on one side and there's man on the other side and Christ just somehow, you know, filtered in between it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that there's two fully separate lines where he was fully God and fully man so that he could experience temptations, that he could experience suffering, so that he could experience our lives as humans, and that we can look to him for that. So when I'm looking at God, I like to break it down to not only what he teaches us in his words when I look at Christ in the scriptures, but also how he lived. And I think that's really important because we understand going back to the beginning as we're all created in the Imago Dei, we're all created in the image of God. Christ being obviously God and uh, the the pinnacle or the epitome of that image. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, it's not a Doctor Jekyll and Mister mm-hmm. Hyde no. kind of a situation. And when we see the oneness of Christ mm-hmm. in relationship to His relationship with the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, these mysteries unfold in the way that we encounter all of creation. And yeah. you know, De Trinitate is a great treatise on on the Trinity in mm-hmm. all senses of the matter, where Augustine and, you know, looks to creation and the created order and identifies this triune 
oneness in in and within creation yeah. and to experience oneness in relationship to y'all's marriages and you know the oneness of your family and and you know in the person of Christ the oneness that is Jesus fully human fully divine is an important part to, to it is an important point to start with as we begin to evaluate more of his humanity mm-hmm as it is expressed through his masculine virtues. Yeah, especially like with a lot of the identity stuff that's going on in the world, it's like a lot of masculine, a lot of men in general seek their masculinity out to be bestowed on them by how well they, you know, do in business or uh, what kind of girl they've got or car or mm-hmm. athletic, whatever it athletic is. ability. And, 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 they, and they bestow this, that they allow this to bestow their own masculinity when in reality, it's Christ who bestows our masculinity within us and meets us there mm-hmm. to, to help us grow, mm-hmm. right? It yeah, all the way. cars and girls in the world can't make you more masculine. That's right. You are already masculine by your the virtue of your creation. And your image. You know, and we are created in the image of, of, of God, and Christ is the perfection of masculinity. And that's our model. So, you know, we got so many men watching the show and women watching the show yeah. who, you know, they're married to men and they're they're giving birth to men, right? And you know what they're doing right now? They're yeah. clicking like and subscribe like and a man. doing it right like now. <laughs> Do it like a man. Like a man. They walk up like, what's up, button? Bam! <laughs> crush a beer and click share. <laughs> you know, throw a baseball, you know, throw, you know, hit a 300-foot drive and then a 300-yard drive and then well, subscribe. And I think one of the things that we're talking about here is our confusion of masculinity, right? Yep. There, the society has just uh, forced this confusion upon us from Homer Simpson to Al Bundy to, you know, the jock in the um, in the gym. But all of those things, you know, are, are misplaced, right? Because authentic masculinity has to be rooted in Scripture mm-hmm. or else it's not authentic. It's not true. And mm-hmm. so we look to Christ as that example. And one of the things that I like to turn to and I think is a great first starting point is uh, Christ's relationship with God, right? We mm-hmm. use that as, as our example. And so Christ came to do God's will. We know that uh, from the in the temple, when Christ was a child in the temple, mm-hmm. and his mother came, our blessed mother Mary, and she was very distressed. He said, "You know, I was doing my father's will." Did you not know that yeah. I'd be here? Yeah, exactly. I was business. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, you know, everything from all the way up to the passion of Christ, right, where he, not my will be done, but thine, right. And so Christ is always turning to that. He's always turning to prayer. His love, his example, his life is lived in prayer with. God the Father and doing all things like that. And I think that's a great starting point for us as men, that if we're not rooted in prayer, if we're not rooted in trying to figure that out, and it can be hard for us, right? Because we're very active. Men by our very nature, we're very active. We want to provide, we want to protect, we we have testosterone and that, that adventurer spirit. And so the idea of sitting down and being receptive to God or a higher authority can be very difficult for mm-hmm. us, but we need to work through that. Yeah. I mean, if we really want to be like Christ, we have to look at his relationship to the Father, yeah. right? And how do we emulate that? And that, I think those are all great points, you know, looking at his, his humility and how he is submitting his will to the Father's mm. will, you know, in that hypostatic union. And as men, like you said, it's so hard to humble yourself or mm. to let somebody else have power over you because by your very nature, you want to win. You want to be the alpha. Yeah. You want to call the shots. And having any sort of humility, any sort of fragility, any sort of, um, you know... Vulnerability. Vulnerability. That's really tough for men. Mm -hmm. But Christ displayed all that perfectly without in any way compromising his masculinity. I think a a great way to articulate this in Scripture is from Philippians 2, 5 through 7. Mm -hmm. Let your attitude be identical to that of Christ Jesus. Mm. Though he was in the form of God... He did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself in that form of a slave. So that sense of humility, look at the humility of God. I remember the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal singing that beautiful Mm. uh, mantra before the Blessed Sacrament in adoration. You know, look at the humility of God. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, being found in appearance as man. But to, again, look back to that fifth verse. Let your attitude be identical 
to that of Christ Jesus yeah. in the sense of that. I think about <clears throat> Braveheart before they marched into that battle, mm-hmm. right? And when Mel Gibson was running around and he's like, you know, you can go back and you can sit on your couches and, you know, you can be these guys while these men come in and take your wives and, and all that. You'll have your things for a little while, but nobody can take away your freedom. And so it's like Christ in, entered into battle, the battle that we're all having for our souls. He won this victory for us. This is the story that we're living in, that we follow him into battle. That's that's the masculine heart. That's the humility, mm. uh, but it's also the victory, too, as well. Mm-hmm. That's why every man, when you're watching Gladiator, when you're <laughs> yeah, watching Lord Braveheart, when yeah. you're watching Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, when you're yeah. watching you know, Game of Thrones, and, and you're seeing that leader, that king who's charging out to face an army practically by himself yeah. band of brothers when yeah, you know brothers, yeah. winters goes out and he and he encounters Ugh. that the enemy by himself like yeah. these these moments and depictions of masculinity throughout cinematography and the, and the history of what we've grown up with these are the bone chilling moments that calls out to the guttural nature of man but this is something ultimately transcendent. This is something that is placed within us in the image and likeness that we mm. have and the attitude that is formed in Christ. Christ singularly yeah. <laughs> in himself took on yeah. this, all of it. it, all of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, and I just, I'm thinking back to Adam because you mentioned it. And when we start talking about that adventurer spirit, we just, I'm always reminded of, of Adam being created in the dust, right? Yeah. And, and life being breathed into his nostrils. And there was disorder and chaos in the first creation account, right? And it wasn't until he had helped God name all the animals and all the plants that Eve came into existence in the beautiful garden. But man was created out uh, in the chaos, in that disorder, and we feel that within us. And when we read, yeah, mm. Rudyard Kipling's, you know, If, or we read, you know, we watch any of these movies, it just resonates and it, and it excites within us. And it would have in Christ as well, right? Mm. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't that vulnerability, going back to what you were saying. Mm. There wasn't that ability to to be emotional and to relate to other people mm. and to engage within love, right? Mm. Because we're also pursuers of beauty. I Amen. Mean, it's, it's women, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the pursuer of the beauty of Christ in his church and his bride. And, and, the, and the vulnerability of Jesus with the leper, the vulnerability of Jesus with the woman at the well, the, the vulnerability of Jesus with his apostles and these and these roughnecks, these rednecks from the from the countryside and these these people that, you know, are interacting with uh, you know, the Gentiles, you know, he's, he's interacting in a vulnerable state with the Samaritans, you know, like all of these occasions, Jesus opens himself up in vulnerability. And yeah. that's an important aspect of this. Well, I mean, you can't be more vulnerable than being nailed to a cross naked mm. with no ability to even wipe the sweat and blood yeah. from your eyes. There is no greater vulnerability than that. He entered into the absolute deepest depths of vulnerability. Torture, mm-hmm. humiliation. Right. Extreme. <clears throat> Grief. So, you know, we and, can but we he, can that was the to, Father's will, and he went into that. And he fulfilled it. And so you're seeing these different stages of vulnerabilities or these dynamics of vulnerabilities of like social vulnerability. You know, I'm gonna put myself yeah. out on the limb here. And I'm gonna open up, you know, my heart, my sacred heart to this woman at the well, this woman caught in adultery. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's like that is that's special. Or I, you know, I'm even thinking about it now that you're talking about the vulnerability of him going in, into the synagogue and saying, in the reading, uh, me reading this that has been fulfilled today, and they all wanted to stone yes, him. Yes, yeah. And he's being vulnerable. Yep. He's being truthful. Yep. But he's also knows that this is going to rile people he's up. Putting but he's putting himself out that's there. Right. He is speaking truth mm-hmm. in a powerful way, but in a vulnerable way that he's in a way that makes him a target. And what I, what I love yeah. about it, these are people from Nazareth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then he's also interacting with a Samaritan woman, and it's in front of these boys that are just from around the Galilee. We're not even right. talking about, like, that's the Pharisees, right. the Sadducees. Right. We already know where that led yep. in, in the scriptures. But, you know, even for them on the outskirts of, you know, orthodox Jewish practice— it's still like Jesus is extending himself and he shows the extremity of his vulnerability by doing these things. And we see the reactivity of the apostles in relationship to that mm-hmm. yeah. or the Samaritans. Now, now, John, but you mentioned something that you said, well, uh, you know, about the adventures that yeah. would have even appealed to Christ because Christ had a human yeah, will. Right. He had a human will, not just one will. He's not a... He's not a hybrid, you know, he's not like a mix. Yeah. Perfect hypostatic union. So even though he's vulnerable, he's still going to have 
he's still going to like climbing a mountain and catching yeah. a fish and, you know, throwing a rock or I'm sure they played Hoop games. in the woods. Right? I'm sure. I'm, you know, he was a man. <laughs> There's nothing more liberating for a man right. to do that. It's awesome. I look, I'm just... He did it. Being able he to pee, did it. Being able to pee anywhere standing up is a wonderful it's thing. A gift. It's a gift. Thank you, God, Thank for you that God. ability. Thank you. Uh, I'm being honest. We all know it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I mean, what do we think Christ did for 40 days in the desert? Ah. Right? right? And, I mean, honestly, though, going back to this adventurous spirit, <laughs> it, it takes an incredibly uh, stalwart heart to yeah. be willing to go out to the desert for, for 40 days, mm-hmm. right? I that, mean, we can't quite wrap our guy. mind around that. that. That's exactly. like survivalist stuff. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. You know, we think of sometimes Jesus as, you know, soft with pink cheeks and flowing robes and his hair is all nice. Dude, he was out in the desert roughing it. He was yeah. a he was a rugged man. So even though he's vulnerable, even though he is the Virgin Mary's son, even though he uh capitulates his will to the fathers, he was also a virile, strong man. I mean, he was a worker. They yeah. the, they say in in the scripture he was a tecton. Now, tecton has the sense of a carpenter, but mm. This is not, he's not making cabinets for, you know, a rich person's, you know, house in Ponte Vedra, Florida, no, right? No. He's building stuff. He's a, he's building buildings. It, chances are, because of the time he was working in the, the Decapolis, which is the 10 cities that Rome was building in Galilee. So he was probably like a construction worker. Yeah. You know. Now, Father, I want to ask you something because we get this question a lot on the Catholic gentleman is it is so hard for men to be vulnerable. And so some guys are going to be listening to this and they're like, well, so what does this mean to me? And how do I actually start applying this? Right. Because I haven't lived like this. Maybe my I have a father wound that goes really deep. Right. My dad left my family or my dad abused me or something like that. And so we don't really understand how to enter into that without seeming sissy or seeming, you know, Mm -hmm. like a girl. How would you how would you guide um, or spiritually direct? Yeah. And I mean, I, initially, I would just go back to growing up and being adolescent and, mm. and think back in my own experiences of how Christ has been forming my masculinity from when I, I really opened myself to him in my own vulnerability because I was I was weak, I was broken, I was recovering from uh, knee injuries and surgeries, yeah. and my life was dematerializing and it was falling apart. Um, and in that chaos, you know, Christ breathed into my nostrils mm. in a form of renewal. Yeah. And um, But, you know, I look at you know, the forms of masculinity that were being presented to me in, in the rap culture, in, you know, violence and aggressiveness and all of these different things. But when I look back at that, it was all based out of insecurities. Yeah. You know, every bit of that was mm. based on the sense of like, I have to present this because this is what is the acceptable form of masculinity. So I'm wearing the cultural masculinity as a mask for who I truly am at the level of my heart. Because, you know, I've become this aggressive person because I've been rejected. Mm -hmm. I've become this aggressive person because I've been discounted. I haven't been chosen, right? I've been washed up or left, you know, like I still remember being injured and, and my knee was popping out of socket. Like every time I put like little pressure on when I was playing up at the park and it was just like the people I grew up with and played with, they were like, oh, Richie's all washed up. Yeah. Just give it up kind of a mm. thing. And it's like, that's a, that's a deep painful Hurts. wound. It's like, how do I, how do I respond to this? How do I react to this? Well, you know, at that point I was just so destroyed. That's, that's precisely where Christ started to shift me because I realized that there is nothing, there's nothing in this pursuit and and opening me up to the deeper realities of of the um, the insecurity then led me to the beauty of vulnerability and mm. opening my soul up to others because behind every aggressive man is a is a wounded amen to that yeah you, those you are all coping mechanisms yeah. those are yeah. Defen- yeah, was, the defense yeah I was just about to say you, you mentioned this in in sort of a spiritual uh, sphere the succession of the wounds, like every guy, any guy listening to this, every single guy can think back in their life and find an event, a circumstance, yeah. something that happened to them mm-hmm. where they felt emasculated, mm-hmm. where they felt not, you know, not needed or mm-hmm. desired. Or mm-hmm. these are all things that we desire. God gives us that. Mm-hmm. We found that, thanks yeah. be to God. But what it does is it creates symptoms, mm-hmm. right? And those symptoms for me was go out be friends, mm-hmm. you know, hang out, be accepted, right? Because there was things that happened in my life where I felt rejected. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I felt like I didn't matter and that mm-hmm. my dad wasn't standing up for me yeah. or my mom wasn't doing something or And, and I think that's a big part of it, Ryan, is like, 
you know, it comes down to the cats in the cradle, man. But it's true though. Like, it's, it's true. It's true in the sense of like a lot of the times we are emasculated by our own fathers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, you well, know, good luck asking me to play with the car, you know, play catch later on in life, dad. dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, be a good time then. Dad, I'll try to make it if I can. Dad, Dad. but but it's it's, it's true. Like the 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 greatest wound, the deepest wound, comes down to our adolescence and in our state of becoming, we're stunted in our growth because we're trying to measure up to our father. We're trying to appeal to our mother and our masculinity, and we're trying to figure so, out, yeah. you know, where, where we belong. exactly. Who yeah. am I? Like yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. fleshing this out. I'm fleshing that innate question that is echoing in the human consciousness of who am I? And I'm pursuing that at the very fundamental level mm. of my development. So you're going to necessarily bounce into the <laughs> imperfect man yeah. of your own father. Yeah. And that wound then, you know, subsequently begins to uh, uh, develop over time. And now you're interacting with a larger crowd. And like, where do I fit in? Am I an alpha? Am I like, I need to mm. find my way? Well, is, is that masculinity? Is alpha male? Is that masculine? Well, you know, I think one of the virtues, so we could talk about the different virtues and the different aspects of what makes yeah. up a man, right? <clears throat> and I think what you guys are getting to is self-mastery. Like, you mm -hmm. do not have to be alpha male, like, I'm, you know, I yeah. eat elk livers and, you know, whatever, to be a true man, right? But then again, you know, you don't also have to be a... Uh, you know, a pipe smoking Chestertonian to be a true man, right? That's right. There's a big swath of things that you could be to be a man. But one of the things is that men are protectors. Yeah. Men um, have mastery over themselves. Yeah. Self mastery. You yeah. Know, like, speak to that, John, yeah, if you would. So I, this is such a great one because when we talked at the very beginning of this episode of, you know, who is Christ? Was Christ, you know, uh, jacked or was he, you know, um, <laughs> was the table that he threw over in the temple, 600 pounds yeah, or hundred. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Was, that's what we need to know. Exactly. And, and we'll get there. Yeah. Um, but one thing we do know is that Christ had inner strength. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing. And there God calls all men. Right. So some guys listening are, are five foot five. Right. Some guys listening are six foot five. Some guys are naturally inclined to working out um, versus others, et cetera. But God calls all of us and what we are all called to regardless of where you're at is the practice of virtues all right and i love talking about virtues it is one of my favorite things to discuss because virtues in its essence means strength right mm -hmm. or virtus even means manliness or masculine strength and vir esto vir you know means man mm -hmm. and um and that that excites me every time i hear that it's just like yes this is what we need to be working on and when christ you know looked forward and said follow me for i'm meek and humble of heart was he saying that he was weak he was shy and he was you know incapable of of leading with authority not at all all, right, he was just meek because he was in total control yes. over his passions and his desires, which reveals a greater strength. Like yeah. John Paul II, Amen. you know, goes into like that whole sense of meekness as one of the greatest strengths mm. in in masculinity. Mm -hmm. You know, that is not something to just kind of brush over and say, "Oh, meek." That's kind of like more like yeah. docile and like, no, it's not docile not at, at all. all. You know, you're you're waging that internal battle on a daily basis. And that creates the strength of meekness before. That's right. It's easier for me to just snap and yell at my kids. Yeah. It's easier for me to just move into that anger, that emotions mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Just or unjust, right? It's unjust. Um, you know, as as it might be, it is exponentially harder for me to control when my daughter's not waking up and is going to be late to school mm -hmm. and stuff like that, to just come up to her with a certain degree of meekness, love, mm -hmm. and authority mm -hmm. and help her to that next step. You know, everyone, so, everyone thinks that they're going to have this big bad Battle or you have a, like this big enemy, you know, in the movies, you know, you have your Sauron or, you know, you always, you know, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, you have these adversaries, right? And you're going to fight other men. And that's how you prove your manliness. Your biggest, your biggest opponent in your life and the one man that will mean the most if you can beat them and master them is yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah? Self-mastery. The mm -hmm. fight against yourself is way more important. Way, lifelong. Lifelong. And it's way more rewarding and challenging than any fight you'll fight with anyone else. If you could fight yourself and win, that's the fight that matters. Yeah. You know? And this is the example that Christ gave us. And I'll say I'm now turning to St. Francis de Sales, who in his introduction to about life on his chapter on virtue, he talks about 
which virtues do we as men want to practice? Courage. We want to practice these. And, and St. Francis de Sales redirects it. And he was like, first off, you need to practice the virtue that you're worst at. Like the, the one that your vice is the strongest, that's the one you need to pick on and you need to start mm, working uh, on mm. towards that. And then he takes another step and he was like, we as men need to be practicing the virtues that have daily occurrences in our lives, like kindness and patience and charity, um, more so than this thought of, what would I do if I was thrown into prison for my faith and, and stuff like that, right? Which we like to oh, yeah. fantasize yeah. about. Yeah. You know? every, every dude, uh, you know, you can ask a dude, well, do you think you could take a... Uh, a bear in a fight, they're like, wow, let's talk about it. Like, yeah, they want to get exactly. into that. And they can talk about that and get into all the hypotheticals of fighting a bear or an alligator or what they would do if they were dropped in the woods with only, you know, a knife and, you know, a backpack. Not a lot of dudes want to talk about, well, what would you do if your daughter, you know, dropped your phone in the toilet? You know, what would you do if your wife, <laughs> you know, you know, yelled at you because you got, you know, 2% milk instead of 1%? You know, the real things that are going to happen in your life. You're not going to be out there fighting bears and stabbing Sauron. <laughs> no. It's not going to happen. No. And even if it does, those kinds of strengths come from the same sort of virtue-building strengths that we're talking about. Kindness, humility, courage, um, meekness, right? Yeah. Um, there's a, Those kinds of virtues matter the most. What it, what it reminds me of is Mother Teresa's words that just strikes my heart every time I, I reflect on them. Be faithful in small things. Mm because it is in them that your strength lies. Mm. And, you know, we need to be built up to, to fight the giants of life, yeah. you know, of our lives. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, the, the imagery, like as I'm listening to you guys, I'm thinking back on the movie Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, you know, yeah. where he kind of, the crescendo is like, he's fighting that internal battle, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that, that demon, you know, of, of, of his life. And that's, that's what we are called to. And those influences of that demonic nature is always divisive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always dividing us. Yeah. It's dividing us with our wife, our children, mm -hmm. our parish, our bishop, our, you know, it, it, it's that our polarization, producer. our producer. That's understandable. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. really understandable. But, you know, like that, that, um, that is the battle. Yeah. And it's like disciplining these provocations and what's being evoked in this, you know, situation and how am I managing it? I'm not reacting to it. I'm going to respond according to the virtues, and I'm going to imitate Christ in this respect, and I'm going to put on that attitude. So he suffered. I'm suffering right now. Now how do I respond? What? How am I manifesting love? How am I manifesting these virtues? Yeah. How did Christ display these virtues of self-mastery? Because, I mean, we want to be like Christ, right? Yeah. So if we're identifying self-mastery as a virtue of men, right, and that's the fight of winning against yourself. How did Christ do this? How yeah, can we model that? I mean, my immediate example goes to his fasting for, for 40 days. And mm -hmm. a lot of what you were saying, Father, is like, we want to be able to um, win. We want to be able to combat those battles. Uh, so a couple things, right? When when you're fasting, you're putting yourself in a situation. I'm talking about fasting from food, you know, or, or drink. Um, you're putting yourself in a situation that you can control. And we have to learn how to do that. You mm -hmm. can also offer that up in prayer for certain intentions, like charity or patience with my kids or things of that nature. And Christ did that. Obviously, he went for 40. What happened to Christ right after he did 40 days of fasting and preparation? He was tempted by Satan. He went into the real battle mm -hmm. with Satan. And, and when he was tempted on all the different levels of, of power and, and uh, pleasure and pride and stuff like that, all the different levels, it was that fasting and that prayer that, pre that prepared him mm -hmm. to go into that battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, full that, was, that was that was the fasting that uh, began his public ministry too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you know. I think we were talking about it earlier. You know, when we we're talking about communism. You know, Christ without the cross, and the cross without Christ. Uh, and in the book um, uh, Life of Christ, he talks about how Satan basically offers Christ the same thing that any sort of you know, either socialist or communist government, where they take the power from you and you're just the thing, said, we'll turn these rocks into bread for you. We'll feed your bodily desires. Yeah. And that's all you are. But then that's all you are is bodily desires because you're not even capable of uh, having mastery over that. You're just a dog. Yeah. You're just a dog that we feed and we can control you with yeah. 
whether you know whether it's pornography, it's food, it's distraction, it's power. It's whatever that Neronian, it is. it's that Neronian principle. It's like give them bread, give them circus, yeah. and have your way with them. It's like the mastery over humanity. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or self-mastery. Yeah. It's like this, the, you're looking at the juxtaposition of, of how people are controlled and treated like sheep, mm -hmm. but then you're also looking at the lion. It's like the lion and the lamb in the mystery of that, you, we see that mm. in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, you know, in another scripture that I want to throw out there is Hebrews chapter five. And going through verse eight, we hear son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, this is the reflection on his humanity. You know, and as God, he is he's perfectly mm -hmm. God. Yeah. But our humanity is always, in the words of von Balthasar, always in a state of becoming. Mm. This, this it's this constant kind of the catechism describes it as in statu vie, in a state of journeying. It's it's this pilgrimage. It's this emergence of, of, of experience. And we are ever learning obedience because we're adhering to what God is speaking into our midst. And it's forming us to become fully man and to become fully perfect. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. So those who are obedient to Christ, adhering to these principles of what we're talking about, looking to these virtues, looking to his example, we begin to enter into the state of becoming more deeply as we emerge in the fullness of our manhood. And in that sense, declared by God, the high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, we are now seeing in our baptismal identity as man a priestly characteristic, making sacrifice for those that we are responsible right. you know, over and with and have a certain authority uh, expressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we kind of started off by talking about Okay, how could we be like Christ? First, we looked at our relationship with God, the spiritual nature of Christ, right? How he, his will towards God and how we can emulate that. So relationship with God. Then we talked about self-mastery, your relationship with yourself. I think the third aspect of being a man then is your relationship with others, mm -hmm. right? Those are the three things um, that you can kind of look at relationally that make up a man. The relationship with God, the relationship with yourself, and the relationship with others. How does man, how does man in your perspective, as, as you've really developed such an impressive uh, curriculum vitae in, in relationship to communicating uh, masculine virtues, what does that look like as man in the state of community life and in with others, socially speaking. Yeah, so I, I'll come right back to that. But before yeah. we do, <clears throat> I was talking about kind of the, the negation, getting rid of food for the sake mm. of these things. But I think it's important in talking about growth and virtues to talk about the positive as well. We have to be men that are grateful, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing that I think we lack a lot is that we just whine and complain about all the difficulties and sufferings. Right? When you were talking about suffering, I was like, yeah, we just whine. We're looking for somebody to vent and to complain to about these things. This is something that, that in our friendship, you know, sure. yeah. I struggle with. And uh, But we have to be more grateful, right? We have to fill it with that love of yeah, Christ. We yeah. have to fill it with those positive Amen. virtues. Yes. Very good. Um, uh, or else we're, we're just just taking cold showers and saying no to food and and all of these things while helpful in moderation and in and of themselves they're gonna they're gonna miss mm. becoming the man that God has created us to be mm. so yeah, I mean you could empty your, you could empty yourself out yeah and yeah. prepare yourself but then you have to fill it back up with something mm -hmm. to fulfill yourself right so I mean you you fast to empty yourself out and to break you know I guess concupiscence towards material yeah. things you fast from uh, you know, intellectual things so that you can now close your mind around something new, right? So it's not just about the fasting. The fasting is about creating space for something new to come into it. So how do we then fill that back up with something that edifies us as men in the cast of Christ? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're given, we're given sacraments to certainly draw close to Christ. I was thinking about that, that um, uh, antidote you were just talking about and how when we used to prepare for football games, like you'd see a guy out there and he's flying around and he's decking people. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was a senior in high school and uh, one of our running backs is like, oh my gosh, like don't send me his way. And I go, you're looking at this the wrong way. Like you're looking at this in a negative way. You have to look at how he's approaching the game mm -hmm. 
and figure out how to get around them, right? Yeah. Or get, you know, in between the tackles and like those are the conversations that you need to have. The 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 idea of fasting, the idea of of building virtue, if it doesn't unite you to God in a positive way, then like you said, it's just kind of fallen into a negative, mm-hmm. a negative perspective. And you know, that's a that's obviously when when Jesus fasts, he was tempted. That's a temptation. Mm-hmm. So I think the work of becoming, right, mm-hmm. that Christ became, you know, mm-hmm. has become of a yeah. man. Uh, I think that that becoming is something that we have to take seriously and understand that there is no destination. It is a continual process, and it should be our most important perspective in life. It should be the guiding you know, force in our life instead of the job or instead mm-hmm. of... Those are all great things, and we all know people that are very good at business, very good at other things. You know, I played sports. I know a lot of professional players. That's fantastic. But it's like that that's the that's a journey that's taken in in positivity without the journey of virtue, the journey of growing closer to Christ. When we become closer to Christ, then we we actually become like co-creators with them around us. Mm. And I think that's what you were kind of talking about is like, how do I lead this company? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, his way at work, these guys, they teach people how to lead their company through Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. That those are the big, those are the big things. How do I lead my children? Right. How Mm -hmm. do I lower myself? Like with this virtue that I've built up this meekness that I have, Mm -hmm. this gentleness I can have towards a child and to to a wife, how do I lower myself? Mm. All my needs, all my desires, Mm -hmm. all my expectations. How do I get rid of those things and see things as Christ sees Mm -hmm. them? Mm -hmm. Then things start opening up. You really Mm -hmm. become Christ to your family Mm -hmm. or your company. And I'm even, I'm even thinking of it in the terms of the pastoral care that I uphold as the administrator and pastor of a community. And, you know, the decisions that I have to make at times need to be routed through my bishop. Mm -hmm. And, and my bishop gives me in a sense, the steps to take in order to pastor my community. And in the structures that Christ has for his church, even in respect to that, like I look at that as being, I've promised obedience to my bishop. That requires my humility. Yeah. His his decision is what I must, you know, uh, operate under and be influenced by. But what is it if... What is if it if I just like, okay, I'll fast. Okay, I'll take yeah. a shower. Okay, Bishop, I'll just do it. Yeah. As opposed to interiorizing that and then saying, okay, what is this forming in me by Christ? Mm. This this structural humility that mm. in this social con in this social um, uh, environment of how I'm relating to my neighbor. This gives me an opportunity not just to be, yeah, I'll, I'll be humble to Christ. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I look at the crucifix and it's like, dude, that vulnerability, that 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 level of masculinity, yes, yeah, I will bow there. down. I'm going to bend the knee. I'm going to worship yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Um, however, like, I, I, could, I also bend the knee in light of my bishop. Yeah. Well, huh? Chesterton said, look, mm-hmm. if you're only obedient to men greater than you, that's just servility. Yeah, Everyone's exactly. obedient to a man greater. But if you're obedient to a man below you, that's humility. Mm-hmm. And that's because maybe they have the, the the primacy placed by the virtue of their position. They might, you know, you might be smarter, better, whatever. You know, in your job, you might be smarter than your boss. You might be better at what you do. But that's not your position. Yeah. And the humility is accepting your position um, I want justly, to be very clear justly. that Bishop... Polmar yeah, is I'm, highly more I intelligent than I said in your job. I said in your job. better right administratively than me. We know. No. Yeah. 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 I just want to be, just want to be clear. <laughs> You're no Bishop Polmar. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm clearly no Father Mike. Yeah, so why don't you put the Bishop I'm going to light this candle. We need a candle with Bishop Polmar. I know yeah. we have the bobblehead, but yeah. yeah. But well, again, you know, it's it's having humility is not an unmasculine thing. Do you think, uh, you know, the great soldiers didn't listen to their general? Mm-hmm. Do you think that... Um, Thomas Aquinas didn't listen to Albertus Magnus. It's also, I mean, yeah. it's also a reaction to adverse adversity in relationships. Is why we see a lot of divorces, a lot of fatherless children, is that the responsibility that it requires of a man is mm. to lower yourself and be patient. Patience. Great is, point. Patience yeah. is like patience is God's desire for our salvation. It mm-hmm. says it in Scripture. 
the reason why he's so patient with us is because he desires our salvation. He desires yeah. for us to be with him. When you're in a relationship with, I remember like the first few years of marriage, it's like you you are this independent person now becoming interdependent. And, and it, you know, everything is thrown at your face. The kitchen yeah. sink is in your face at once. <laughs> yeah, yep. And, and there's, there. there's little wars and there's little, yeah. you know, your turf is being infringed upon, right? <laughs> yep. and, and, and the requirement of that, obviously, you know, 15 years later, we've, we've got it down, you know, pretty well. But I remember, like, again, saying this again, it's like you have to sit down with that person that, you're, that is your spouse honor the vow that you made, yeah. right? And then you have to say, we have to get through this together. I yes. have to know where you're coming from. Yeah. That is, that's humility, but it's also strength mm -hmm. because it, it sees that I need to protect this woman mm -hmm. from me just leaving because I just don't like it anymore. I need to protect her from, you know, not having to live as a single mom, like all these things that are just horrible to impose <clears throat> on somebody because you don't like what they Mm -hmm. Sad. Well, that's yeah. also or patience. You it's, know, it's patience and love is merciful. I mean, it's yeah. it's not, it's the same thing with being a priest. Mm -hmm. I, well, with anybody. You, you always talk about like, you know, the apostles walking around with Jesus and they're like, dude, he just told us to you. How do you not get an apostles, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. you know, and so like, didn't Jesus show patience with Peter when Peter was just being a rock? Yeah. He couldn't yeah. get a thing through his head? Yeah. Or when the apostles were like, who are you? We don't know. <laughs> it's like, dude, how, I, have I not been with you so long that <laughs> yeah. you do not know? And he was yeah. patient with them. He didn't like, you know, yeah. like, Look at, I, you know, I need, I need new apostles. Like, yeah. Yeah. Apostleship yeah. removed. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Go, go, go yeah. join Zara Astro. Right yeah. So no, but he was something up in the mountains over yeah. there. Why don't he, you go do that? He was patient with them. He, 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 he structured his response to them in a way that really understood, Hey, okay, look, these people cannot quite get this, but they have a divine purpose in my plan. Uh-huh. But they're also in their in their weakness. I can use that, right? And as men, we should be able to do that too. So we are able to, you know, we're stronger than women. We are physically, mm -hmm. and what we can, you know, endure physically, maybe not in childbirth, but you know, we <sighs> we're providers. We have all these virtues that women don't have. This this draws right back to that whole sense of of you know insecurity, right? Yeah. Like. You know, you're, you're sitting there and I've been at that crossroads with so many couples where, you know, they're at a point of impasse and they want to get a divorce. And I'm so glad that they come and see me and we sit down and we begin to talk about it. But, you know, it comes down to a man, you know, looking at the situation, feeling completely insecure, but upholding a front of strength and aggressiveness and violence and saying, I'm through with this and I'm going to express my strength this way as opposed to the internal strength of balancing what you're suffering inside and developing that response that's proper to your wife that may be rooted in mercy, that may be rooted in obedience to your vow. It may be rooted in obedience to God the Father and, and in imitation of Christ. It's not masculinity. It is sub-masculinity when we actually act that way. Yeah. So, I'm you know that social nature. I'm I'm glad that we're discussing it in the context of marriage. Yeah. I'm glad that we're discussing in the context of the vocational life and relationship to my bishop or to the to the pastoral care of my people, because you know we're seeing humility as being a very important piece of this. We're seeing meekness as a, as a, a really a, probably one of the most important yeah. aspects of this mm -hmm. and that's self mastery and and how does this continue to articulate you know in, in that social dimension exactly and in being honest with um the social media world that that we're all engaged in and and just kind of the the hate that is constantly poured into that, right? So the the one part of the fall of man was this rupture between ourselves and others, right? This this break between our one of the effects of original sins is that we are not unified with other people, and and that's why I I know Christ said in the second commandment, right? The second greatest commandment was to love um, others, right? Mm -hmm. And to to love your neighbor as yourself, and the golden rule, and we've all been taught that stuff, but we're not seeing it today. It's it's the mm -hmm. the that break of the fall of man is, is just punching all of us in the face. And, uh, and, and we are called to heal that. 
We are called mm-hmm. to be men who are in control of our passions and our desires so that we can be a men for others, that we can be a mm-hmm. men that leads others, that guides others, and that honestly is infectious because people want to be led and guided by an individual that is in control of their passions mm-hmm. and their desires. That's not some sort of dictator or things like that. And so this this healing union, and I, I, I'm going to go directly to Gaudi Metzbez because I have tried looking through the saints for, for a quote that better surmises um, uh, you know, what we're called to, but in Gaudi it says, it says, the likeness reveals that man, who is the only creature on earth which God willed for itself, cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself, mm. right? And when I was looking at that uh, months and months ago and trying to look for other saints, it just it just says it so well <laughs> that we can't. God is a triune God, right? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in an interchanging of love and we are his image and therefore we have to grow in this love and we have to grow in this dying to self and living for others mm-hmm. and there's just so much that we could unpack with all of that. So. I absolutely love the fact that you quoted JP2 yeah. because as I was preparing for this episode I literally have that quote <laughs> right up here with mm-hmm. JP2's picture and and realizing that you know man cannot fully find himself yeah. Except through this sincere gift of self. That's right. And and that when we're when we're seeing it in respect to, um, you know, the conflicts, the challenges, um, the wounds. You know that that now the wounded healer is the one that is operating out of his wounds and willing to open up that most deep vulnerability that may be rooted back in the father's That's the father's right. wound mm-hmm. way back when, mm-hmm. but it's opening up nonetheless because Christ is calling me in his woundedness, do this and become fully man. Yeah. Huh? And that is what I admire most in Ryan Delacrosse. He heals. He <laughs> heals. <laughs> you heal. Ryan. You have the healing. Dad. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I think there's some characteristics of Christ that I think are easy to identify that every man should want to have that will define their care their manliness, right? Mm-hmm. Christ was compassionate. Okay. Mm. We Christ was compassionate to us by offering himself. We need to be compassionate to others, even though we have the strength to crush them. Mm-hmm. We need to be compassionate, right? <laughs> crush, true. right? Crush. Yeah. We need to be servants. Sorry. Christ was a servant. Right. Amen. Okay. We need to be servants. Not to be served. Right. But, to serve. but every That's now right. and then, therapeutic, you need to have like a, a wrestling match. Sure. Or two. Yeah. yeah. Well, Christ was a warrior. Yes. Right. He was a warrior. He was able to destroy sin and break down the gates Amen. of hell. Okay. He knew the authentic battle. That's yeah. exactly right. Christ was loving. Okay, Christ loved everyone to the point of death. That is true love. Now, men, you know, are you always that kind of loving? No. Christ was forgiving. Men need to be forgiving. You got to let get rid of your dad wounds. You got to well, get rid of the you things can't that get people... rid of them until you ask God to come in and heal, heal you. Them. Yeah. And, and and Paul says that we, when we are consoled, then we are able to give consolation to others. And, yeah. and that's exactly it. But it's always through the fact that the Felix culpas of life, the fortunate <clears throat> pains and guilt and, and, and suffering and wounds, like the, the fortunate aspect of it is, you know, we are grateful to God that these things have occurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am grateful for the limitations of my father because it has helped me to come to encounter the fa- our father's love and that perfect love has now oriented and ordered my love and my appreciation for my father mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i would not know the father's love if it wasn't for my biological father yeah. mm-hmm. and these limitations that i've experienced so the appreciation of all of that is rooted in mercy and i could look at my own fatherly nature yeah. and recognize my own limitations yeah. and i could see how god is treating me with patience and his fatherhood mm-hmm. and it's helping me continue to repent continue to convert continue to draw closer to him so that i could be transformed more into his likeness and more and more into that attitude mm-hmm. you know and it but it is always through the wounds yeah that's it's, why marriage is like it's good to get married when you have you yourself as have participated in vulnerability and being healed by Christ because now you're able to see sinfulness in other people not as an mm. encroachment on your own life. Great but point. Yeah. I, with pity. Yeah, great point. With That's pity right. and love. Yeah. And like I got forgiveness. I want forgiveness. God, yeah. I, I want you to be healed. Yeah. I don't want to run away because you're being this way. Yeah. I want to stay with you. I want to work through this with mm-hmm. you because you can be healed of this. Yes. You know. 
what else was Jesus? He was committed. Look, yeah. Jesus knew his mission. He knew his time. He knew where he was leading. And as men, you know, a lot of times our society, we can be kind of, you know, Anti-commitment. Yeah, yeah anti-commitment. Right. Well, I don't want to get married. I want to keep my options open. That's right. You know, um, swipe left. Swipe left. Swipe <laughs> left. I want to. I'm always looking for a new job. I'm gonna take the next best thing that comes along. You know, my kids. Eh, oh, I have a new family. Whatever. Yeah, me first. That's yeah, right. me first. But Jesus was a committed man. He had a mission. He stuck to it and fulfilled it. Right. That's right. Uh, he was prayerful. Jesus always made time for prayer, even in the middle of his work. Right in the middle of his ministry. He would go away in silence. He'd go to the mountain. He'd get mm -hmm. on a boat. He'd take a nap, right? He knew how to live the interior life yeah. as well. Real mm -hmm. quick, I love that, how mm -hmm. when in Scripture he has just been healing for days, and they're just bringing out all these stuff, and then it, there's just like this real quick Scripture thing that, and he went back to the desert and prayed. Yeah. And it's yes, like, yes. you know, he was exhausted, probably probably 16-hour days and stuff. And he was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, there's so I'm many not chapters. Out. I'm, I'm going go, yeah. to go be more active in prayer. You there's know? so and many go chapters that end it. like yeah. that. He went back up the mountain. He got on the boat and went to the That's other right, side of the lake. Exactly. You know? He woke prayer. up early yeah. Yeah. to pray, and then they came and got him. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he knew that he wasn't going to be the man yeah. that God needed him to be or that he was unless he practiced that that prayer and that uniformity with God's will. He's also gentle. We are talked about that. He's yeah. gentle with the apostles. He was gentle with the, you know, his mother. He's gentle with St. Joseph in submitting his will to them, you know, even though he was, you know, their creator, yeah. right? I all love things were created. that scripture where it's, you know, Jesus in the state of the <clears throat> temple and he is just asking every appropriate question in a very Aristotelian, you know, Socratic method kind of a, you know, and they're all blown away by his wisdom and understanding just by the questions that he's, he's presenting asking. within the temple. And then, you know, in this expression of authority and, and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and counsel even manifesting most perfectly in the temple, Mary and Joseph come close and draw close to him, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, do you not know that I be about my father's work? Don't you, don't you realize that this is, this is why I have come? Yeah. And then yet he still submitted himself. That's right. Right. To their authority. Yep. Okay. And I'll return to the home. That's which right. shows, <laughs> which shows his patience. His patience. Uh, I love that verse. His gentleness, his yes. self-control, his commitment. Yes. Right? But I think the best way, or maybe an easy way, or maybe the way that I can do it to describe what kind of man Jesus was. And one that we should all be is that it is the dichotomy between the lion and the lamb. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, a roaring, virile thing who could tear apart anything, even the gates of hell. Yeah. But he was also the lamb who lays down his life with docility. Yeah. That in a union is the lion and the lamb. A man should be able to be both of those things to truly be a man after Christ. Where justice and mercy meet, like the Psalms say too. Yeah, like it's yes. like in the in the heart of Christ mm. and and in his leadership. It's a, that's that's the mm. beauty of it. Oh, it's the complete holistic encounter with the person of Jesus Christ in the mystery. Yet the mystery is uh, you know, unfathomable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's the mystery that is, you know, unquenchable. Like we we inexhaustible. Right, I like that word even better. It's like we cannot exhaust the yeah. depth of that mystery. Oh, yeah. It continues to draw us into this becoming, mm -hmm. and and in that in that uh, attitude, in that imitation, in that uh, admiration and adoration. So when we were talking about self-mastery, we talked about gratefulness and something worth practicing. When we're talking about relationships, I think one of the best things that men need to practice on a daily basis is forgiveness. It's part of that healing journey, right? Is that in forgiveness doesn't have to be waiting for your, your child or your wife or a friend to offend you and then practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can happen and show itself in many ways, uh, one of which is just forgiving people from your past, right? Thinking through people that have hurt you and harmed you and offering up a prayer for their soul, offering up a prayer for their life now. And who knows the the, the wealth and merits of, of your prayers for people in your past. Another way of practicing forgiveness that I think men need to hear and do more so is actually think about people that you've offended mm -hmm. and seek their forgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. Think back to a, a family member, a sibling, or a close friend. Write them a handwritten letter. Be sincere about it. Show that intent. It's not about them offering that forgiveness. In this set, it is about 
practicing that forgiveness. And then I think because we're going back into the social media world and all the hate that's on um, comment sections and all of this stuff, we need to practice forgiveness of these people in the comment section, politicians that we struggle with, um, warlords that we struggle with. Like we can practice those forgiveness. And I do believe that forgiveness is a torrent of grace that that will Amen. just unleash God's um, goodness throughout Amen. this world. And I think that men need to be actively practicing that in your prayer time every day is, is how can I practice forgiveness today? Because if we are men of gratefulness, if we are men uh, who are working on virtue and we are men of forgiveness, we are going to be the change that we want to see in the world. Amen. Thank you, Mother Teresa, because yeah, she amen. hits on those notes too. And it's like, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And, <clears throat> and the mercy needs to be shown. <clears throat> First, prayerfully, by God the Father, manifesting that mercy most perfectly in Jesus. And then by receiving that mercy and a practical step that I would encourage everybody is the chaplet of divine mercy. Mm, amen. You know, that de beautiful devotion for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And extending that particularly to those that you have offended, to those that have offended you. And, you know, showing forgiveness and mercy to, um, you know, a, a person um, where it's only internal and it's like, okay, God, I, I recognize I need to forgive this person, so I'm just going to do it by myself, and you don't manifest it, you have to first manifest like, hey, this I, I felt this way, this is what happened. Somebody may not even know that they did that to you, one, but two, having the courage to open up and say that or put that into a written form, and and then you intentionally, very sincerely express like, I'm, I'm looking for forgiveness and I apologize for treating you that way. Um, I've recognized my wrong and I, I overlooked it in the past. And, you know, I've been doing this interior work and I, I came to this point where I just wanted to open this up with you and express, you know, my love and my appreciation, and my gratitude for you as a person mm -hmm. in my life. These become the occasions of healing. These yeah. become the occasions of truly being a man because that takes an act of courage. It sure does. That takes an act of humility. That takes an act of a mm -hmm. lot of these types of commitment, other virtues that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, the devil hates that. Oh, yeah. big time. Because you forge an unbelievable bond. Yeah. So it's so easy to manipulate somebody in anger. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, look at some of these virtues that we talked about. Commitment. The devil has no commitment. He broke his commitment. That's right. Patience. He has no patience. Humility. He has no humility. Yeah. So all these things are antithetical. Yeah. to the things that, you know, that accuse us, right? Yeah. Uh, but the things that I'm grateful for, and one of the things I'm grateful for is having John on this podcast. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, John, be here. Uh, yeah, John's one of our closest friends, right? And you know, we've, we've got a very important announcement. We do today. have a huge announcement. So in this episode, we talked about <laughs> three good. categories of, you know, of emulating Christ, you know, looking at his spiritual life, his self-mastery, and his relationships. Now, the Catholic gentleman's been around for years, and so many men have been impacted by this ministry. Mm -hmm. Big time. The Catholic gentleman has a, real, a brand new, incredibly exciting new program that focuses on those three areas to help you become a man after Christ's own That's right. heart and after Christ's cast. And that is called? Uh, Catholic Gentleman Plus. Wow. And so you can go to catholicgentlemanplus.com. But to talk a little bit more hey. about it, it's because there's so much wealth in the church. There's so much greatness in the church. And at the same time, there's so much confusion. And, and the church has been moved by one revolution after another revolution after another revolution. And, and we lost our identity as men. And so we get, um, we've been, uh, it'll be 10 years in July and uh, coming up on our 10 year anniversary. And we just get every month men being like, is there like a rule of life that I can follow to, mm -hmm. to be a better man? Or how do I help my child? They're going to college and, and mm, I'm worried about them leaving their faith and stuff. And so we have devised this program that's going to incrementally grow with you, journey with you, but in a way that is um, achievable. And, mm -hmm. and so, for instance, one month we'll be praying the Litany of Humility together. But I always like to say at the end of that month, if the Litany of Humility didn't move you like it gut punches me every single time I pray it, <laughs> then, then you don't have to keep on praying that, but now you know that it exists. If praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, you know, something that we'll do together for a month, you know, praying the Rosary, fasting, practicing these different things together, and at the same time explaining the why and giving some practical resources of what we as men can do to be the men we want to and that the world needs and that the church needs as well. So, John, you were explaining to me that you're kind of doing 
doing this almost in like monthly components. That's right. So show me what like an average month would look like if you're a member of the Catholic Gentleman yeah, Plus. Yeah, awesome. So if you're a member, you're going to get uh, two videos, okay. short videos. We're doing 15-minute videos intentionally. We're all busy, mm -hmm. but we want to grow in this. So it's going to be two videos each month uh, at the beginning of the month. Then there's going to be an expert talk. We're bringing in a lot of experts that have worked on these issues of masculinity, that have wrestled with healing men, all of these sort of things. They're going to give a talk each month as well that's going to come out. And then we're also going to have a live question and answer where we'll be sitting there, we'll be answering your questions and doing those things. In addition, though, there's going to be a daily masculine saint quote that goes out, either SMS or email. That's you can awesome. get that daily saint quote from a masculine saint talking about uh, encouraging words and things like that that you need to just, we all need this reminder. Amen. I'm being reminded in this very episode yeah. of things that I'm failing, you yeah. know, yeah. and this is what I do. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, so we just need these constant reminders. So that's going to be there for you. We're also giving away some of the spiritual classics. Each month we're coming out with a new spiritual classic, Introduction to the Devout Life, Excellent. True Devotion to Mary, all of these different things. You're going to get them in Kindle, EPUB, you know, PDF, whatever the case might be. And, uh, and really it's just... It's just the beginning because yeah. from there I see us having a private conversation that then goes into mm -hmm. wrestling with, mm -hmm. you know, some of the issues of today mm -hmm. and that will go into that. And so we'll constantly be lifting that up. But every month that's what's happening. I, I tell you what, I, I don't know about you guys, but Louis de Montfort. Yeah. yeah. Louis de Montfort's awesome. Bro, like that guy, fully masculine guy. Amen. Right. And, and you see him progress in his journey you know, where he's initially just like battling these guys in the bar yeah. with, you know, That's like right. the lesser sense of masculinity to then ma self mastery. Yeah. You know, it's, it's his, his whole, you know, journey in Christ that is shared with us in the legacy of his deposit of faith that you're giving in that form of a book and yeah. example and these uh, quotes from these saints. This is a phenomenal way. And, you know, I have a number of people in my parish, you know, that have asked me, you know, about this form of men's group. We have such an active Knights of Columbus. We yeah. have an active small group of men that, that gather. Um, that man is you. We have yeah. great things starting, but, you know, men need more. Yeah. And this is a great way because this is daily content. This is content that helps you to dive ever more deeper. And like, if you, if you will, like delve more yeah. deeply yeah. into that mystery of, of what we're called to. So what would be one of these monthly, I don't know, blocks of content be about? What are some of the themes that you cover each month? Yeah, absolutely. So we're covering prayer yeah. at the beginning. We're covering aura et labora, right? Which is prayer and work, right? Yeah. Because we have to understand the balance and the fact that we're called to live today. We're not mm -hmm. called to live for the weekends. We're not called to live for vacation time. Mm -hmm. We're called to live today. We can experience Christ's grace and his presence here today. We're covering fasting. We're covering Our Lady. We're covering uh, fatherhood. Um, we have got probably two dozen already set uh, mm -hmm. that uh, spiritual themes, spiritual topics, so virtues. Spir so they're like spiritual themes and virtues each month. Exactly. And you get like a, a book, you get content, videos, and expert Q&A, all yeah. that stuff that goes along with that. That's right. Exactly. That's, and it, so it sounds like, honestly, pretty digestible, but also pretty voluminous at the same time yeah. it's, it's it's a cool balance you got here to where it feels like a lot but it doesn't feel like a a commitment that's just a burden right and yeah. that was by intent yeah i okay, appreciate cool. you saying that because we we did we reflected on coming out with multiple hour videos each month but we know in podcasting that there's just people don't have the time to listen to that we we need to meet people where we're at where we're at ourselves and provide the wealth of the church in that manner mm -hmm. um and in bite-sized chunks that can keep on growing mm -hmm. so so how would somebody um you know, get involved with the Catholic Gentleman Plus, and you got a special deal for our we listeners. We do. We have a special deal for <laughs> the Catholic Touch Show. So yeah, yeah, this is one that, a deal that we haven't launched, and we're launching exclusively for the Catholic Talk Show listeners. And so, dude, we've got pool. Do you right. see why you need to subscribe? <laughs> why you need to be connected with us you each get the and best every week? Deals on our show. God yeah. bless America. Agreed. Yeah. Head over to CatholicTalkShow.com/slash/CG. Uh, forward slash gentleman. Thank you. Forward slash gentleman. We'll yep. put it in the show notes. Yep. And what that's going to give you is we're going to give you the first month free and then uh, the Catholic Gentleman book, right, from Ignatius Press uh, for $7 shipping. So mm -hmm. it's going to be $7. You're going to get the book for free. You're going to get the first month for free. And that $7 shipping and handling yeah. is all and, we're charging. And then the first month, it's not like you only get one lesson per month. They're all in there. It's a that's library. correct. Exactly so right. So it keeps, it keeps on building. So there's going to be all kinds of courses you can go in there and practice and see if this thing is for you. And look, guys out there, there's 
there's not a lot of great men's content out there that fits the way that men work, right? Like, sure, there's great courses, but I don't want to go and take, you know, a 64-hour course every month. I don't got time for that. I'm a dude. I got kids. I got a job. I got a wife. I'm so excited. I have to hang out with you dudes, right? I mean, there's work to be done. This is so good. I'm so excited. Like, in two weeks, I have a meeting with this guy who came up to me, and, you know, I've been interacting with his family for weeks now, and... um, you know, he, he shook my hand the other day and he, he kind of embraced me and he just whispered in my ear. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible father and I'm a terrible husband and I, and I want to become a better mm. man. Yeah. Amen. You know, it's like, that's masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It is. And then, and, and, and as I'm shaking his hand, I, I firmly grab his hand and, and I'm like, let's get together. Yeah. And I'm going to be meeting with him, and Praise this God. is what I'm going to bring yeah. into his life. Absolutely. You know, like this is this is the program that he needs because he needs that accompaniment, and oh, we need you. each other, guys. I yeah, mean, we need we, it, we need each other, yeah. and and that's where we find in that social dynamic, you know, our our fellow relationship to Christ and calling each other on to this virtue. So, if you go to CatholicTalkShow.com forward slash gentlemen, you can get this awesome offer: the book. The free months membership, and there's all the ebooks, all the stuff in there. So, I mean, when you sign up, you're getting all those ebooks. There's going to be a handful of them in there. Uh, now, if you're a priest, are you a priest? I am a yeah. priest. Can I see your celebrate? Uh, it's in my other wallet. <laughs> okay. So, you're a priest. There's seminarians, there's, you know, religious, religious people out there. What do they pay for the Catholic gentleman? Yeah, we're giving away for free. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really important to us. We've talked a lot about this, of just getting it out there, getting yeah. the wellspring of the church. We we have it priced appropriately where anybody can can take advantage of it because we want to keep that ministerial aspect. We want to get it into the hearts and minds of of, of men. We, we just so desperately need mm-hmm. it. We don't have the encyclical on the masculine genius, right? Yeah. So so we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to do this in a way that men can digest. But yeah, it is free for all priests, brothers, seminarians as well. I encourage yeah. you to head over there. And now, now, if you're a woman out there listening to our podcast, this is a great thing that you can, you know, recommend to your husbands, recommend mm-hmm. to your brothers, to your sons, or whomever. Uh, you know, if you're listening and for your know, parish men's group, you can go and uh, recommend this to them. This is something that I think is really going to change the complexion of how men's ministry is handled mm-hmm. online and really understanding how men mm-hmm. consume this stuff and really make a meaningful impact in their life because the Catholic gentleman has been doing that for almost a decade now, yeah. really changing men's lives yeah. mm-hmm. and creating a community around the virtuous man who stands as a bulwark against the modern depravity. Mm-hmm. We need more of that. And the Catholic gentleman yeah. plus is uh, you know a great tool for and that. And we need more of that in the parish. You know, yeah. we Amen. need more of that in the parish life. So you know <clears throat> you're out there, you have a right to get in contact with your the person who manages your Parish Bulletin, and get this material out there. You know, share it with your neighbors, share it with your friends, share it in the Knights of Columbus. And it's important to have this content Mm -hmm. so that we are intellectually coming into a sense of what we are called to and then pursuing that with the strength that it comes from fraternity. Mm -hmm. You know, and we want to conclude this episode with dedicating a song to you, patrons. And... Ryan Delacrosse. And the cats in, in the, the cradle, cradle and the silver spoon. What? Dad. Little, little boy. <laughs> and a man on the moon. Yo, split. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, you know, before we jump, I do want to recommend uh, the Catholic Gentleman. So if you like our show on YouTube or on podcast, Catholic Gentleman has a great podcast, yeah, a great you, YouTube channel. Uh, it's at the Catholic Gentleman. Uh, you can go to the Catholic Gentleman's website, see their blog and all this stuff. Uh, go and subscribe to that because, I mean, they have great content on there, great guests. And if you think that maybe sometimes we're a little bit uh, uncouth or a little girly. bit girly or unstructured, <laughs> I think you'll really enjoy the Catholic Gentleman podcast and YouTube channel. So there'll be links for that below. And again, I just want to remind you, catholictalkshow.com forward slash gentlemen to take uh, advantage of this offer. You get the free book the first month for just $7 shipping yep. and handling. So right. make sure you take advantage of that. Father Rich, would you close us out in a bless? No, in a song. <laughs> When you're coming home, son, I don't know when we'll, we'll get together, together then. Dad. Dad. <laughs> you know we'll have a good time then. then. Next Dad. week, Catholic Talk Show. We'll see you then. Dad. Dad. <laughs> <laughs>